like a spider web. It's not like an organization with typical bosses in there or stuff like that. And that's why it's hard to investigate this. And it's spreading like all over. And what we could see being inside the movement was really talk to them about their strategies because they have very clear strategies, how to reach people, how to talk to them, not push parents too hard from the start, just find a common topic, and then they slowly move them into this. Hi, welcome to the inoculation. My name is Eva von Schaper, and today we're going to try and find out how parents go from using their right to be informed about their children's health to becoming anti-vaxxers. Hi, I'm Daivara Pachkaita, and we just heard from Marlin Olofsson, who spent months undercover reporting on the anti-vaccination movement for a TV channel in Sweden. The documentary is currently not available outside of Sweden, so we thought we'll bring you a summary from Marlin herself, as it was such an outstanding project. Yes. How long was Malin undercover? It was quite a long time, wasn't it? It was over one year. And what I also thought was especially interesting about her project was that Malin started her investigation before Corona hit. So she has a lot of insight on how, let's just call them more traditional anti-vax groups, are linked to anti-corona anti-vaxxers. Their reporting also took them to the United States, where they interviewed a number of leading figures in the U.S. anti-vaccine. We're not naming any of these figures or any of these false theories to avoid spreading them any further. But we can say that some of them are pretty famous. Yes, I think that's true. We'll drop a link in the show notes, and if you speak Swedish, you can check out the documentary. It's called Vaccine Krigana. Did they just focus on COVID vaccination? No, just like us, they started with measles. So here's Malin on how it all began. It all started with that I moved to Berlin with a two-week-old baby, and there was an outbreak of measles, and I couldn't vaccinate him until he was older. I was scared, and I was starting to look around and see that people started to protest against vaccines, and this, they, had, they didn't vaccinate the kid. And that made me wonder what is going on, what is this movement about? Marlin's observation came at a time when measles, a childhood illness that seemed under control, was coming roaring back. At the same time, we also had a journalistic discussion uh, with, uh, my, with the Swedish television uh, because of, we saw that the health organization, World Health Organization, saying that it's a, one of the top 10 threats against uh, human health. So these two combined, we decided to look at how it what is going on in Sweden? Is it moving there as well? Is, does it even exist? I mean, we still have a high vaccination rate. But this was way before the pandemic. Uh, so we, this was all about the child illnesses and the vaccination in the child program. So Marlin and the Swedish broadcaster did some research before they started their investigation. When we decided we really want to look deeper into it, we did a lot of online research. And to figure out how do these people talk, where are they, and who are they, and who are the main people there. And 
what do the main people say? And then when we did that mapping, we understood that they are super skeptical against journalists. Uh, and we didn't want to go undercover or infiltrate from the very start. We, you have to have very strong reasons as a journalist to do that. So it was a big discussion uh, how we will do it uh, before we decided that we see that there's no other options. If we want to do this really good and to get to know them and not only speak about them, we really want to understand their motivation and what is driving them and their strategies and how do they work and why are they against vaccines? Because these people are against all vaccines, not like, so today they're against the vaccine against COVID-19 also, of course. So then we decided we have to go undercover. And so then we have to create um, fake profiles at these social media groups, especially Facebook. We saw they were super active there at that time. Now they've been moving a little bit to different ones when Facebook are having some rules. And then um, we also want to meet them in person. So we have to make fake profiles in real life as well. So that's how we started. And then we started to contact the main people that we saw. We saw especially it was a lady, Swedish-speaking lady living in um, in Finland. And uh, she she's a stay-at-home mom with five kids. And uh, she is a very strong anti-vaxxer. And she is the person that everyone refers to when it comes to the facts. And so she's having lectures and her videos are everywhere. And if you contact a group at Facebook, let's say, then very quickly you got appointed to listen to her lectures. So she has a lot of power in the Scandinavian movement, I should say. The Swedish team also reached out to some of the biggest names in the U.S. American anti-vax movement. And remember, we're still talking about pre-COVID times. Malin looked at how the U.S. anti-vax movement and their big selling films found an audience in Sweden. And there is a lot of parents talking about how their kids got ill from vaccines, even if there is not any shown evidence about this. This is a movement now, the vaxxed. This is like a bus, they're touring around, showing the films, people are Coming to there, it's like a really strong community uh, with anti-vaxxer parents. So we started to understand that they have so much influence uh, on the Swedish um, arena for anti-vaccination information. So we contacted them as well. And as Marlin and her team progressed in their reporting, they found that the Scandinavian anti-vax movement and the lead figure, a person she refers to as Linda in the interview, rely on emotional messages to win over worried parents. These things that there's a lot of parents in there, it's very strong. They use a lot of emotions. Um, I mean, their facts are pretty weak, but they can make them look very scientific. But if you start to really investigate them, you see that it's not science behind it's other anti-vaxxers reports or something like that, or um, parents on reporting, and they use to make nice graphs and so on. But the strongest 
way of communicating and reaching people is to use emotional arguments. Like you don't want your kid to get hurt. Look at look at all these kids here. And do you want your kid to be ill uh, like these kids? Uh, no, okay, they should not vaccinate. And parents tend to listen to other parents. I mean, I've been in lectures with uh, this Linda Karlström that we're showing in the film and the other parents in this audience telling me, like, I really trust Linda so much because she's a mom. She's not a doctor. She's a mom. And she wants the very best for her own kids and for my kids. And that's quite interesting how you actually can trust just a parent more than a doctor in this case. Uh, but they use these things and they're very warm. And a lot of people are looking for an answer. What, what, as I said, what's wrong with my kid? And then there's always a very simple answer in the anti-vax movement. It's the vaccine. You should be angry at the uh, pharmaceutical companies. And I totally understand that. I mean, if you if your kid is having a hard time and yourself are having a hard time, it's nice to have something to be angry at. If you haven't got an answer from the healthcare or the hospitals, or there is some kind of like some parents where their kids uh, died when they were babies, you know, in this sudden death. And there is the science a little bit vague there. We don't really know why babies can die like that when they're so small. And then here is an answer. And then you can get all your frustration and anger uh, uh, towards something. And that helps people, I think, in these very hard situations because their pain, their grief, and their sorrow, that's real, you know. And that's also a problem uh, when it comes to this because it's so hard to criticize. You're not allowed in this movement, even if you're within it, you're not allowed to ask critical questions at all. Because it seems like if you do that, it seems like you're actually criticizing people's pain somehow and their grief. Mullen also told us that members of the U.S. anti-vax groups taught Swedish groups how to communicate their message. In the U.S., they have a person who's working with this, how to communicate. And she, she knows all those things. She specializes in that in the movement. And then she's spreading that to other people how to communicate and how to use. So it's 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 a very well-built organization in that way. Yeah. The corona pandemic is pushing more people to listen to and believe anti-vax groups. Here's what Marlin told us. Many more people now being against this vaccine, uh, against COVID-19 and uh, these different uh, versions of it. But those that were against the trial vaccines are absolutely against this vaccine as well. So their movement is growing a lot. And they're saying that themselves because we were pretty much getting out of the infiltration and in the editing phase uh, when pandemic really broke out. But we still had the time to interview them about it. And there was a big denial that it even existed. It was this Bill Gates conspiracy that we're all going to get shipped with the vaccine and Corona doesn't exist. And it's a way, I mean, it's a lot of conspiracy theories that people will be controlled somehow. And this is a disease or a 
a way of trying to control people. So they are absolutely against uh, this vaccine as well. And they are, they also have a long background. So now when they get more and more people in it, they can train them how to work and how to communicate and how to. So they're in the middle of this new anti-vaxxers that we see. And we've also seen time and time again how believing in anti-vax theories can lead people to believe in other conspiracy theories. As we saw in the investigation we did, it was like how um, this um, Finnish-Swedish person, how she was actually pulling people into other kind of conspiracy theories through the anti-vaccine question. So parents meeting her only about what should I do with my kid will after a while get into a lot of other questions like how did the Holocaust actually happen and uh, who is controlling the world, new world order, the Jews are controlling everything and they want to um, make us ill through vaccines so we are easier to control and um, even kill us like that. And those questions and also the bank systems and 5G and all those things that we're quite familiar with today because of the anti-vaccine movement uh, due to the pandemic, she was already back then also into, she said, if I only open one door to the parents, they will slowly open so many other doors and get this other information. I feel like she's not telling this to everyone, her way of looking at the Holocaust, for example. So for us, it was important to show who she is to all these parents listening to her. So they should be a little bit critical because she doesn't believe in any science. Going undercover allowed Marlin to see how the movement pulls people in. Uh, we were infiltrating, but we had one set of uh, open camera. We said it was a, like a vaccine critical movie we're going to mm-hmm. do. And then on the other hand, I also realized that when she that huge camera was off, she's starting to have another conversation with me because I was just uh, a mom uh, mm-hmm. pretending to want to know what to do with my kid. And I was pregnant at the time and so on. And uh, I said, I'm moving from Berlin to Sweden, which was true. And in Berlin, it's so much more open. I can speak. Uh, I can find other parents. In Sweden, it's much more difficult. How should I prepare myself for my move and still be able to have these critical views of of uh, vaccinations? That was my role. Right. So I contacted that uh, front person then in, uh, in Scandinavia. And uh, then... So then we said that we're going to film this uh, vaccine-critical movie about the mom, me. <laughs> so I could meet all these anti-vaxxers. That's how we got a real camera in there. So, But then she was having this other side conversation, so I started to have a hidden camera. And that was exactly what happened. She started to have the uh, very racist opinions, and she was believing in this new world order where the Jews are controlling the world and that the Holocaust, she was skeptical how the Holocaust was really happened and so on. She moved, but she moved from the other side because in Germany I met some like 
races or like Nazi background people who actually moved from there to Antivax. But she moved from Antivax to there. And now she was saying to me, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter if you open the door. She came to this point. I just want to open the door. Like, it can be an Antivax or it can be the bank system. It can be 5G. It can be uh, the Holocaust. And then you just open there or 9-11, she said. And then you will get all the other things. I think through the anti-vax movement, she met a lot of conspiracy theorists, and then she started to get deeper and deeper into that. And now she's doing the same to other parents. She wants yeah. to open the anti-vax door, but then she, she wants them yeah. to see that you can open more doors. This documentary was eye-opening for a number of viewers. Yeah, that's what some of the response we got is like, thank you for showing us what they are actually talking about behind the when they're on the stage talking about vaccine and showing us that um, they don't believe in science at all. I mean, in Linda's case, she thought it was good if they were not in the establishment at all. So for her, it's very easy to be against vaccines because she doesn't even read the reports uh, saying that they work or anything because they are just corrupt, she say. So, and that is also coming back to what we see now. It feels like the and to be uh, against the vaccine now during the pandemic is like an identity thing also. Like, this is me and don't, I, I don't believe in that. And we have a community. The community feeling is quite important, I think. And that you feel you have a common threat somehow and then you come together. And then we saw already then, 2019, when we started, how broad this group is, how homopathic people go together with some kind of people having uh, interest or think that the Nazis could have done something right. And this is quite interesting. And I've also been to meetings where I find these super kind parents, like being so scared about the kids, like, I want this very best for them. And I'm living supernatural and also like no plastic, nothing. And then they listen to a hardcore person denying in Germany, for example, who is a right wing populist, but they don't know because they haven't really searched this person before. So it's quite interesting. We have to be more critical uh, about the information we get, I think. But Malin also found important difference between, let's say, classical anti-vaxxers and anti-corona demonstrations. Also, when it's grown-ups now taking a stand against the shots, it's a different thing than parents being scared for the vaccine with their babies. Um, because parents are very vulnerable in that situation and they're easily easy to convince. But I think today when the grown-ups are making this decision, it's something about something else. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, there's a lot of people, I think, not taking the vaccine, not being doing a big fuss about it. It's just their personal choice. And But then those people are, that are out and loud and, and uh, gathering and groups and protesting. Uh, there, because I think those people that I know that haven't taken the the shot for the COVID nineteen, they 
they are not against child vaccines. So they're not like anti-vaxxers like that. They're just skeptical against this one. Also, Marlin never saw physical violence. When you were talking about the, the childhood vaccine anti-vaxxers, mm. was there the same um, use of violence that we see with, in the COVID demonstrations? No, uh, it's not violence like that. It's more emotional. Uh, you convince parents by emotions. I think you scare away parents by being violent. So this is different people or different strategies and those things. Wow, this was really super interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we had read about, but listening to somebody talk about it who experienced these things firsthand was something completely different. So, but Daiva, you saw the movie and you speak Swedish. Can other people outside of Sweden watch it? At the moment, it's not available internationally. You've been listening to The Inoculation, a podcast about vaccine disinformation and society with me, Eva von Schaper. And me, Daiva Repechkaite. Our ongoing investigation is supported by IJ4EU. Stay in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. You can find the link on www.theinoculation.com. The website also has transcripts if you want to go back and read about some of the podcasts. And look up The Inoculation on your podcast app, as well as on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. See you there. Bye for now. Bye.